Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm Podcast, where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of the Deal Farm, Kevin and I get to chat with Aaron Letzizer about the rarely discussed impact and importance of finding and structuring insurance for real estate investments. Stay tuned. Hey, Ken, how you doing today? Oh, man, I couldn't be better. How about yourself? It's a Wednesday. It's fall. I'm wearing flannel, and I'm feeling pretty good about the day. I noticed the flannel. I was like, is is it cold in this house, or does he just really like flannel? I don't know what was going on with that today. Oh, it's fall. The colors are like perfect. It's been chilly. We went to the Apple Festival. I'm just fully embracing the fall weather. Oh, I love it, man. Well, we have our uh, tonight, actually, our brokerage. We're doing a, a Halloween costume party tonight. Nice. I mean, just embracing the Halloween October season. I don't have a costume picked out yet. I'm debating on, you know, how how far do I want to do this? And yeah. Am I going to be the only one that shows up? And everybody else is like, I don't want to dress up. Why is Ken dressed up like a goober? <laughs> I can't decide. I'm so I'm mulling over to what extent I want to dress up tonight. Yeah. Well, if you don't, you're sort of stuck. If you don't, you look like a goober. If you do and nobody else does. Right. So. Well, and what made me think of it, I I was thinking of like, you know, wearing flannel, it put the crazy teeth in, like the, you know, yeah, the redneck uh, teeth in, and right, then maybe hat, have a, right. like, have a crazy hat, and then have just a name tag that says, your client from Alabama, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, or actually, if I can get my hands on an out, al- like a Alabama football shirt of some sort. Perfect. Perfect. And then Perfect. I'm just an Alabama fan. Sorry, all you Al- Alabama fans. We're Georgia fans, so we like to give Alabama a hard time. Either that or Florida. I could do Florida, too. I could do a Florida Gator Absolutely shirt. Absolutely could do Florida. You'd have to wear shorts, though. If you're going to do Alabama, you got to wear shorts. I got to get the cutoff shorts. Oh, my gosh. that's that's, And then get some sort of um, large mullet, which I think we have floating See, around the house somewhere. That way, if you show up and it's like nobody else dressed up, you, you can change real quick, pop the teeth out, take the hat <laughs> off. It's no big deal. <laughs> the shorts might be tough. Oh, unless you just toss pants over it. You know, you could be a never nude and just put pants on over, over the Well, that's true. You'd never even know it. Or maybe I'll just wait and see. And then if everybody's dressed up, then I could just yank the pants off and there have you go. the jorts Tearaways. underneath. Just the ripaways. <laughs> the ripaways. Yeah, I'm going to bring my ripaways today. And then just have the never nude underneath. Have the never nude going. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just got to come up with either a Florida or an Alabama shirt from somewhere. Somebody's got to have one. You got to be able to find one. Just go, you know, send one of the kids up to the... Uh, to the local Salvation Army. I bet you could find one there. You know, you get a goodwill close by. Speaking of kids, we, we're training our kids right because, you know, Georgia, Florida is this weekend. Oh, yeah, it is. And uh, and we're like, well, what should we do for Georgia, Florida? So we're trying to toss around some ideas. And Naomi's like, I've got an idea. I've got a Florida towel that somebody gave me. What if we burn it? <laughs> I was like, you are burn definitely merchandise. my kid. You are definitely my kid. You're talking about burning <laughs> some other school's colors. This is great. This is going to be That's a party. So funny. Now you went to you, when you were in college, you went to really one of the best Georgia, Florida games there's been in probably in decades. It was funny. I actually saw somebody posted about that game this morning on Twitter. Don't ask me why I was on Twitter this morning. Just, you know, somebody, it was the 1997 game where Georgia was like a 20 point underdog. And, we and they'd won. lost like year after year. I mean, oh, they yeah. probably lost eight, 10 years, 10 oh, yeah. years in a row. And so yeah, there was no hope us. that year. They owned us. And that was the one year when I was in college that drove down to Jacksonville to see the game. And it was just total and one, mayhem. We, total Georgia crazy. won by like 20 points, right? Something like that. Something and 
little footnote, Kirby Smart had, I think, two interceptions. Two interceptions. Game. You must have seen the same tw- tweet I did today. I, I might have. I <laughs> so we, we probably follow the same people. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I'll, it was such an amazing game. It is a great experience. Uh, so Neo, my son, he's going to be uh, in Jacksonville. He's a sophomore at Georgia. He went last year, going again this year. Don't know if he's got tickets or not, but he's going for the whole experience, right? Nah, knowing Neo, he'll find some tickets. You know, he'll get yes, in. He'll, he'll, he'll scheme his way in somehow. Yeah, but it's the sort of thing where I never went. Like, you know, here I'm in my face. I've never been to a Georgia-Florida game. And Neo, my son, this is his second year going down to Jacksonville. That's I'm impressive. happy for him, though. It, it, it'll be a good year for it. That's such an experience, man. I hope the weather's good down there. Have you looked? Well, and for you, it's always right around your birthday, right? So you I get know. a birthday, you get a Georgia-Florida weekend. It's actually on my birthday this year. Yes. Yeah. So we right. better right. Georgia better win. That would be a great birthday gift. That's all I want so, this year. So you got a you get a, you get a birthday party. You get the Georgia Florida game. Is it going to be good weather work? You know this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Weather's going to be good. You know, Rocco's got a baseball game that I'm supposed to coach right in the middle of Georgia Florida, and really? so hopefully nobody from his team is listening to this podcast. I got to <laughs> find a way to get out of this. I got to find a way to get out. I will find it. It's not that I got. I will. It's just a matter yes. of how do I play this? How do I play it? Is, does that mean Rocco misses the game or that he's going to miss? Is See, he, what's he going to miss? He's missing one know. or the other. I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I'll probably lean on him. How bad does he? Obviously, he wants to see the game, but he's a team player, too. He didn't want right. to. I mean, I can it really they need Rocco. They don't need me. I'm fine. I mean, I'm just an assistant coach. Nobody needs me. <laughs> right. But they uh, they need Rocco. So we'll see if he really, yeah. really wants to watch the game. I'll probably find a way to get him out of it. Yeah, these oh, are just tough little, decisions, man. Tough you got, decisions. You got the sniffles, Rocco. You feeling kind of sick yeah. today? I mean, you it, could be it, contagious. Huh? It's you going know. around. It is going around. So that's it's highly mean? possible that he gets. We are not a family of super spreaders. <laughs> you know, he was complaining about some knee pain last night at basketball. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, it's got to let that heal up. You know, it, put some ice on. Probably it. need to have it elevated on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. That's that yeah. time of year, though. Absolutely, that time of year. Excited about this weekend. Yeah, and you know, if he doesn't go, they could lose. I mean, he's kind of their insurance policy. He is their insurance. That's the thing. If he's not there, it's like, who is their insurance? Policy? Kevin, you know what? Speaking What's of insurance, that? I'm glad you brought as that a, up. As a matter of fact, segue. Such a, man, that was such a natural segue. How do you do it week after week? <laughs> it's all those dad jokes. You know, years and years of dad jokes. Yeah. Can't get you positioned yeah, to brain, do that. Your brain's just firing on all cylinders. You know, I know insurance isn't the funnest. It's not the sexiest topic out there. It doesn't get your juices going the way some other topics do. But if you're in real estate investing, it's man, it's just one of those those topics you have to know about because it well, costs you have to have money. It. Well, and you have to have it. it. It's it's you have to have insurance, right? You can't you, you can't skimp to. on that or what. I've got two daughters. Both have used insurance for their auto policy within the last month. Two, two girls, Yikes. two wrecks, two. And Gracie, by the way, a little side note, had been uninsured unknowingly. She she thought she was insured. She was not insured. Oh, crap. And uh, she discovered it, quickly got insurance and got in a wreck two days later. So just. Oh, my in, gosh. Got to have insurance. You got to have insurance. Oh, it's especially when it comes to real estate, because stuff just happens. Man, I've I've owned enough houses over the years to know that you just need it. And I've had enough stuff. I've had more th- claims happen to houses where I didn't file the claim because it wasn't worth it. I didn't want yeah. my rates to go up and whatnot. I sort of have a threshold. If it was going to be over like 
10 grand, I wasn't even going to file it because I don't, I mean, it was just going to destroy sure my you're, rates. You've had to use it. I'm sure you've had fires. Oh, and man. We had fires. Or... We've had, we've had floods. We've had, I mean, you, you, you own enough houses. Stuff just happens and it happens all the time. Okay. Vandalism. I mean, I don't even file vandalism. I, I've had more vandalism, more thefts over the years. It's just, you have to have insurance because people ripping happens. the copper out of the walls. And... Oh, heck yeah. Oh man. Copper and AC units and everything you name it but we did have one instance uh so many years ago where we bought a house from a guy and it was one of those things the guy was weird he you know it was it was almost like he begrudgingly sold us the house he needed to sell the house he probably didn't love the price but he needed to do it he was never it was always kind of weird well literally we give him three days to stay in the house after we buy the house he's like i need to move out give me three days so we buy the house and literally the night that we buy the house, the next night, the freaking house burns down. No. <laughs> I owned it for one day and the house burned down. And the guy claims that it was his daughter's boyfriend came over and he was mad and he lit the front door on fire and it burned the house down. And oh, wow. So it was legit. Like someone. It was arson. It, it was arson. It wasn't. It was. Yeah. Oh. It was arson. But deep in my gut, I think it was the guy. There was never yeah. any proof. I don't know if there was even an investigation done. I mean, I think I, I think it was the dude was just mad that he had to sell the house and he just didn't like us. He burned the house down, burned it down. And uh, and it was kind of odd that the police didn't do more of an investigation. And anyways, it was a big mess. It took us a year to get insurance and build the house back. And uh, what a mess. But it all the bigger mess was that it just it, my insurance company dropped me after that. They were like, nope, big yeah. claim like that. We'll cover it. And they did a good job covering it, but that they're like, we're done with you. Sorry. Go find somebody else. Like, Ken, I think you burned it down. That's what they were saying. I, th I think Maybe. I think you guys. Trust me. It's not. But then what happens? It. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the only property at the time. You probably had a ton. All of a sudden you get dropped by your insurance. What do you do? Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then I was scrambling to find a, another carrier. And luckily, we, we did find another carrier that worked out well for us. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in this interview that we do here in a minute. Um, but it's again, insurance is just one of those areas. It's not it's not fun. It's not sexy. But you have to be on the ball about it. If you're going to be a real estate investor, you have to be on the ball. And uh, and there's some new tools out there. It's a challenging environment, but there's some new tools. And, and Aaron here in a minute is going to talk to us about it. What do you think, Kevin? Should we bring him on, play the interview? I say, I say we bring him in. Let's see if he's wearing flannel or not. Let's find out. All right. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. So, Aaron, uh, give us the 30,000-foot view. How did you get into real estate? How did you find your way into the world of insurance and starting OB? Just curious where it all started for you. Yeah, it all started uh, – my, my brother kept me out of law school, actually. He, uh, he got the, the, the real estate bug um, you know, after college, got into the, uh, the, the, the space, originally in the office and retail sector, right around the turn of the retail apocalypse – Eventually migrated out of that, uh, got into to residential, figured no matter how, how good or bad the economy is, people always need a place to live. They don't always need a, a brick and mortar place to shop. And so uh, he built out about, you know, 2,000, 2,500 units across the Southeast at any given point in time and um, just kept talking about it with me uh, for a really long time. My, my background originally, you know, I, I was a I was a public policy major, uh, no idea the uh, the squiggly line that, that made it into to real estate and insurance. Was going to go to law school, um, you know. Ended up getting my my insurance license when I was in college, just to, to hustle my friends for their auto and their other uh, renters insurance just for fun. Wow! Uh, and you know, ultimately Ryan just continued to to complain about 
his insurance process, right? He felt like it was the the largest line item expense he had on his his PL, but the one he had the least amount of control and insight into. And so what we end up telling people is, you know, he had he got really sick of buying insurance the same way. I got sick of selling it. Um, you know, so still continue to have a you know small portfolio between the two of us, but growing Obi now uh, has been the uh, the thing that's been been uh, keeping us pretty busy over the last couple of years. So how do you take a first step towards solving that issue that you guys are both wrestling with? I mean, how, yeah, what's the first step? Yeah, the, the, the first step is being, uh, I think, naive enough to jump in and uh, start an insurance technology company. Um, that's the first thing. Um, mm-hmm. Not knowing just how complicated this space is uh, and why. Um, but we spent the first couple of years just as a as a traditional brokerage, right? We would go out to the the main typical carriers that were out there um, trying to grow this, recognizing that there was a certainly a need in the space. Um, you know, fortunately with with the network Ryan and I had, and as I'm sure you and your listeners will appreciate, right? Like real estate's a massive, massive asset class, but it is a very small community uh, of folks. People are are constantly doing deals with the same folks, same brokerages. Um, and so we really went out there and tried to make sure that, that this was truly an issue, that it wasn't just us that that continued to run into these frustrations. And um, between that and then running people's insurance through the traditional carriers that have been around for 50, 75, uh, you know, 100 years at this point, um, really getting a feel for what that looked like and then growing Obi to a point where we could start building our own insurance products, building the technology that would give people the uh, the ability and the flexibility and the the ownership over that experience. Um, just to make it as as easy as possible, you know, nobody nobody really likes insurance. I don't like doing my own home and auto insurance when the renewal comes up. Um, so it's not about you know how how can we make this something people are really excited about. Uh, we're we're pretty clear eyed that that's never going to be the case in insurance. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know how how can people go in and and feel like the master of their own destiny on their insurance costs? How do you make that process as easy and as seamless as possible um, and as pain free as possible? Mm-hmm. So you guys set out from the get-go to specifically work with real estate investors, or do you guys kind of work with everybody? No, just just real estate investors. That's where we started off. Uh, our our main focus right now is is single and multifamily real estate investors, and that's that's anybody from you know your small accident on a landlord, as we call them internally. Those are the folks that you know had a condo, had a starter home, uh, grew a family, and maybe needed something bigger, and decided, hey, you know what? Uh, the, the, the home's in a good place, uh, good neighborhood. We can get something on, on rent. We can cover the mortgage and our expenses. Let's turn it into a rental property and not actually sell it. Um, so we, we service those folks all the way up to now, you know, the, the, the institutional and sub-institutional players, whether you've got a thousand, 5,000, 10,000 units, and you want to schedule something across a, a large master policy. Um, that's, that's really our focus, but, but residential, um, is the, you know, the area that we thought had the, the greatest opportunity and the greatest need, um, given just the sheer number of millions of real estate investors that exist in this space. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk for just a second about what it's like for an average investor. Let's say they've got one or two or three investment properties. They're just sort of in the game and they're like, where do I go to get insurance? What does the average investor do now? And what are some of the challenges that they bump up against? It's a great question. They, you know, most most folks are going to their their local, you know, independent agent, their local State Farm agent. Uh, we know a ton of them. A lot of them sell the the OB product. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they're 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 kind of handcuffed by just the the nature of the way insurance is built, the way the insurance carrier market has been built. You, as a real estate investor, reach out to your agent. That agent gathers a bunch of information from you, right? Like stuff that at this point these carriers should already know and have, right? Square footage, your built number of units. 
all that's publicly available information. That's table stakes at this point. Mm-hmm. So asking you that is is a is always been a frustrating experience for me. And then beyond that, that that agent is then going out to a handful of carriers, right? Three, five, maybe seven different carriers, and they're re-inputting all of that information again. And then it's going to generate a quote, and then they're going to you know generate that PDF quote, and they're going to ship that back to you. And the problem is, is that for so many real estate investors, unlike your home or your auto, right? Like you, you've got a lot of value and like intrinsic value into your home, the place you live, place your family might live. You might be overpaying for the insurance, the mortgage, whatever it is, right? Like that, that's your home. Same thing with the car. You got to get car insurance. But a rental property, like that, that's a business, right? And you're, you're running it on a PL. You care about the actual dollars and cents that are on that quote. And so the problem is, and the thing that, you know, we, we really tried to set out to, to fix is that in the event that you want to take a look at that, that price that that agent just gave you, to no fault of their own, you're going to go back to them and say, hey, what does this price look like at $1,000 deductible? What does it look like at $10,000? What if I added on siding matching, right? Or some of the, the, the random ancillary endorsements that you could throw on there. You have no idea what the, the increase in that premium might be, but you want to know because you want to be able to, to make that decision. Well, that agent then has to go out to every single one of those carriers and ask that carrier to, hey, can you rerun this like 10 different times, right? Or 10 different scenarios. And then if you went out to five different carriers, you're getting 50 different PDF quotes, right? Like that, that's crazy. No, no agent's going to do it just, you know, just because of the amount of time that it's going to take. And no carrier rep wants to sit there running those either. And so I think like at the end of the day, the real estate investor is the one that, that really loses on that. And so that's where building technology around putting the, the, you know, the owner and the real estate investor in the driver's seat to be able to make those decisions. That's what we really wanted to be able to set out to do and kind of change at least the status quo of how people get insurance for this stuff today. That makes sense. Make it more efficient. You know, I've always wondered, uh, you know, in the insurance world, you, you go to a specific agent, right? They go out to the secondary market or wherever, and they're, they're looking for quotes from different carriers. Is it all the same carriers? I mean, if you go from one broker to the next, are they all shopping the same carriers or do some legitimately have sort of the inside track versus other ones? Yeah, it's, it, that's a that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. I, I would say there's, you know, there, there's two different types of agents that are out there. You've got your primarily kind of your personal lines, home and auto type agents that exist out there. A lot of them generally have the same carriers, right? Those, those are your standard markets that exist out there. Your Allstate, your Travelers, Progressive, Nationwide. Everybody that's got a, you know, a Super Bowl commercial is somebody that they're, you know, they're going out to, you know, grab a quote from. Mm-hmm. Those carriers also technically have a real estate investor product. It's not a bad product. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more of a, you know, a stripped down, watered down version of their homeowner's product, right? They took out a bunch of stuff because you're not living in the house and and they kind of left it there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are agents that exist out there. And that's, you know, one piece of advice that I'd give to your listeners is find an agent that even though they might do a lot of personal line stuff, maybe they do some like broader, like business owners, commercial stuff, find the agent that also does a decent amount of work inside this, uh, this real estate investor segment. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is there are certain carriers out there that really will only work with folks that'll give them a certain amount of premium on an annual basis, right? Mm-hmm. These are the, the very niche, very industry and vertical specific carriers that no one understand the space. And because of that, they're able to provide pricing that is typically unreachable, right? Or to be able to, to create a customized enough program for you that meets your specific needs. And it makes sense when you think about it. If you're an agent and you, you know, you might go out to this specialty carrier maybe once or twice a month for a quote, right? Like it's it's the same amount of administrative work, whether you have an agent that does 
50 policies with you or, or two policies, right? The, the same administrative work, it doesn't change. And so a lot of those carriers are going to optimize for the folks that are really going to spend a lot of meaningful time and drive a lot of meaningful business for them. So there is value in finding people. And that's, that's a big question is when you're looking for an agent, you want to ask them how much business do they do in this segment, right? How many policies a month do you place and, and where do you typically go for that? Um, that's, that's a big differentiator, especially as you start moving from single family rentals up into those more complex multifamily properties. Hmm. And, and is it typically the same carriers that are specializing in single, or are they totally different carriers? The ones that specialize in multifamily versus single family? Yeah, it's, it's usually totally different. Um, yes. which hmm. is, which is interesting that the market really breaks it up between one to four unit structures. So your condo and townhome all the way up to like a, a quadplex. And then really your five plus unit structures. That's really where the the, the big differentiator is. Interesting. Yeah. So again, working with an agent who specializes in sort of the investor side of things will have access to carriers that maybe your personal lines guy doesn't necessarily. Because it's funny, over the years, we've we've worked, you know, we've done hundreds and hundreds of houses here in Atlanta. And over the years, we've worked with different carriers and um it's it's it is interesting how it works. I mean, I remember being with Nationwide for a long time and had a good thing going. Had a good local guy that was working with us, and uh, and then sure enough, we have a fire in one of our houses, and like inevitably, it happens. House yep. burns down. They make the they cover it. Everything's great. They cover the claim, but they're like, we're done. We don't want to cover you anymore. And so I was yep. like, well, crap. Now where do I go? And we were kind of scrambling to find the next one. Well, we ended up hooking up with you know through our mastermind. It was like you said, it was uh, it was an agent that was working with primarily real estate investors around the country. And all of a sudden, my premiums got way better than they had been with the national carrier. And I was like, how did I not realize how much more affordable this could be? And it's I think it's exactly what you said. I, I finally found the carrier that specialized in real estate investor space. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The you know, your, your large standard market carriers are balancing risk across dozens of different of different product lines, right? You could own a restaurant, you could have your home and your auto, you could have a vacation home, you could have your truck and your RV and your farm equipment, right? Like that, that's where your large carriers, they go pretty wide. They don't go super, super deep uh, into too many areas, right? Except for usually their, their home and auto. That's, you know, th those are, those are, those are usually your ends, right? Once I get somebody's home and auto, they're both with the same carrier. Then let me see what else they do. Are they a business owner? Do they know anybody that has a business? Do they need life insurance? Do they need umbrella coverage, right? Like, yeah, that's where they end up developing a lot of those other products. So to your point, the moment that you had a claim, you suddenly became a, a risk to them, right? And they don't want to spend the time to figure out why, right? Was it, was it a, you know, a true accident that happened? Or, you know, is this indicative of just the way that you, you know, you manage these properties? They don't want to take the time to know, right, yeah, uh, right. or to figure it out. Yeah. And so to your point, you, you know, if you find those other carriers, not only are you going to find better pricing, but I think on the whole, you will also find, and, and this is market dependent, certainly ge geography dependent, but you'll find a level of uh, flexibility or maybe understanding is probably the better way of putting it around the claims that might occur, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Those are the things where there's there's more of an interest in, you know, okay, Ken, you guys had a fire. What was the reason for it? And what are the mitigative steps you're going to take across the rest of the portfolio to make sure that the same thing doesn't happen again, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's actually what you'll find is people that that know and understand the space are more willing to get an understanding of you as the owner or the manager or whatever it might be to then decide, hey, we're going to keep you around. We might have to increase your, you know, your premium on that property, but 
it makes sense for us to keep you around. Yep. Well, the other thing that they did for me too is that it was a implemented a master policy. So for us, because we were adding and subtracting uh, houses from the policy all the time, rather than having to go get a new one and then cancel and wait for reimbursement, it was constantly price adjusted for us based on when we added a house and when we removed a house and it really streamlined insurance for us. And so maybe speak to how that kind of works. Once you get to, you know, uh, 10 to 20 locations, it really does make sense to find either a master policy with some shared limits or just a scheduled policy. And what that means for your listener is you basically have one policy doc, right? It could be a hundred pages, but it's the same then for all of your locations. And you're going to have one, you know, more or less effective date for that policy. Now you can add and subtract. Let's say it's truly on the calendar year. We start you guys off January 1st to go through December 31st, 2024. You can add and remove locations from that master policy. The master doesn't change. The pricing doesn't change, which is also very nice. Very predictable as you're going to buy and sell these assets. But then you're also only paying for prorated premium. So you're not starting January 1 with 100 locations or 50 or 20. And then, oh, you guys decided to buy two more in, in March. Well, now you got like these different effective dates. You're going March to March. They're just going to prorate your premium through the end of the term, mm-hmm. right? Which makes managing and purchasing your insurance a hell of a lot easier, mm-hmm. right? There's a predictability on pricing and then just a predictability around when this is actually going to be coming up for renewal. Um, what that's going to look like, what the impact of the overall portfolio is going to look like. And then for you, one of the things that I think, you know, a lot of folks don't really take into consideration, and this again goes back to, I think, finding an agent that understands the, the real estate investment space is, you know, maybe you've got some different goals for your portfolio coming up next year. Your, you know, your, your typical agent isn't going to necessarily think about what, you know, saving $1,000 or $2,000 on your P&L is going to do to cap rate, Right. So you might have 100 locations, but you actually want to sell this 20, right? Maybe you got some stuff north of Atlanta. It's performing really well, but you guys have decided, hey, we've had it for five to seven years. It's time to turn it. Um, and on the master policy, you're going to, you know, you're, you're, you're sharing the pricing, which makes the overall portfolio cheaper. But then you might want to say, hey, actually, when we just apply that rate to these individual locations and I got to throw it into the offering memorandum, it doesn't look as great as if I, you know, took those 20 out and had my agent put them on something else. Right. So now your portfolio is still benefiting from the pricing on your master, but then the locations that you want to sell, you're actually optimizing then for price and what that looks like on pro forma. Mm -hmm. So then you can at least continue to command as high as you can on a cap rate basis to go and sell that portfolio. Right. Those are the things that I think you can take when you, when you eliminate a lot of the unnecessary, you know, back and forth and frustration and and paperwork Mm -hmm. and the quoting process with agents, it gives you a little bit more time to then be strategic around your insurance and the things that you can do and the levers you can pull on a, on an annual basis really to make your insurance work for you. Right. And I bet you most investors, even smaller investors, just consider it a necessary evil, but don't spend a lot of time, you know, really comparison shopping and what are some of those levers I can pull, especially when it comes to, you know, trying to prop up a, a potential PL for a property you're about to sell, or I mean, it's 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 interesting how much strategy can be involved with your insurance, especially when it comes to selling a property. But I want to I want to talk for a second about challenges, and specifically in this market because we're in a weird market, right? Real estate market's weird. We're coming off a pandemic. We got all sorts of inflation, and and it's obviously reverberating through the insurance world. What are some of the things you're seeing right now? And some of the challenges that other inv- investors are experiencing. It's a tough market. I, I would say it's a it's a tough market across the board, but you have 
you know, no pun intended, the, the perfect storm. Uh, I think that that's come up in the insurance market. You have a, a an abundance of weather-related events, right, um, mm-hmm. that otherwise people weren't able to predict. Every single year, every insurance carrier is doing what they know, you know, what's known as like a, 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 a PML study, a probable maximum loss. What is the, you know, what is the probability that we're going to suffer these maximum losses over the course of the next year, five years, 10 years, 25 years? And then they allocate their premium and they, they price their stuff accordingly. <clears throat> and when, you know, when, when you have a, an unpredictable uh, Texas winter storm that happened a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. or you have some California wildfires that stick around longer than anybody thought, where you have that wildfire in, in Hawaii, you know, all of these things start to become, uh, you know, these, these like black swan events for the insurance market. They didn't predict that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they really then only have two options. <clears throat> they can either, you know, increase the rate substantially, or they have to pull out of the market altogether. And that's part of what we're seeing. The second thing, which I'm sure your listeners will appreciate, there's been a, a substantial increase in the price of materials. Mm-hmm. And so insurance, especially in the real estate world, is based on, on replacement costs. And when that carrier tells you, hey, you know, you can replace your property for 400000 or $350,000 or $165 a square foot. But when over the course of a couple of months, price of timber goes up substantially or these different material costs and labor costs start adding up, suddenly the carrier is now coming in, replacing a property that actually is going to cost them 10, 15, 20, 25% more than what they actually thought it was going to be. So that's the second thing. And the third thing that I think a lot of people don't, don't realize is that most insurance companies have their own insurance, right? It's to make sure that in the event that the, the worst thing happens, right? The catastrophic thing happens and one of these insurance companies goes out of business there is a reinsurer in the background that is covering those claims. And most of those folks are over in Europe and over in London. So your Lloyds of London, your Swiss Rees, your Munich Rees of the world, large multi-billion dollar uh, multinational companies. The problem is, is that their, you know, their capacity is in the pound or in the Euro. And as that, you know, the, those, those currencies devalue against the dollar, it's not even about the claims or the inflation or the the property you got to rebuild and the impact. Now suddenly you got five or 10% less capacity than you thought you were going to have at the beginning wow. of the year. Mm-hmm. So all of that is combining together to put a real strain on the insurance market where a lot of them are saying, hey, I don't want to be in California. I don't want to be in the Southeast, right? And that's, that's having a big challenge. So you've just got, from an insurance agent standpoint, then you've basically just got fewer carriers in the market to go to. It's, I guess, yeah, a little exactly. bit less competitive. And and with, I mean, material prices going up and lack of capacity from reinsurers, it's just driving prices up. I guess that's just what we're seeing. Yeah, I you know, it's, it's, it's interesting too. It's also, you know, partly a regulatory issue where you have some states that try and protect consumers for good reason around the idea that that an insurance carrier can't raise their rates more than a certain percent on an annual basis. Well, that carrier then says, hey, listen, I got to go, right? I'm just going to pull out of the state altogether. Right. You have to leave the state for a certain period of time before you can actually re-enter that, that market again with higher rates, right? right? So that way it's not discriminatory against the, 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 the consumer. And it's well-intentioned, but then when you look at some of these states, like at California, some of these folks are saying, hey, we took massive losses. The company, the insurance company is going to go bankrupt, which is bad for everybody, or we need to raise our rates. But the state is also saying, hey, you can't raise your rates more than three or 5%. And they're saying, hey, I got to go up 10, 15, 16, 17% to just stay stalled in. 
Mm-hmm. And so when these things happen, and again, it's a it's a confluence of events that really trickle down now into the 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 end consumer, and in our case, the real estate investor that I think already didn't have a ton of options to begin mm-hmm. with. Yep. Insurance is a you know is a very long game, and so for a lot of these carriers. You know, m- most of these carriers aren't even covering short-term rentals yet. They, they don't know it or understand it, even though Airbnb has been around for 12 years at this point, 13. Mm. And so it just takes them a long time to actually create and and build programs. And so while, you know, the single-family rental market has been very popular over the last 10 years, the carrier market still just hasn't responded to that. Right, right. Well, so talk to us for a minute about Obi then, kind of, you know, why you guys built it and how you built it and how it can benefit investors. So our, our biggest value add is that we we really do two things. If you're a one to four unit uh, owner, you've got a property, quadplex, duplex, you can come to OB site anywhere in the U.S. and you can get an instant quote for it, right? Kind of county dependent, right? There's a couple of states, a couple of areas that obviously might require us to take an extra look. But for most real estate investors across the country, you can come to OB and get that instant quote. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that if you've got a multifamily asset, you've got something that's really five plus units. I can't do that instantly, but what I can do is give you pricing predictability, either as you're coming through that renewal and seeing what OB might be able to do for you, or you're going into potentially best and final, you're about to put in that LOI and you want to know what that insurance looks like compared to what the, you know, the, the investment sales broker threw into their, you know, Disneyland version of the pro forma inside the offer number, sure, right? right? And so right. that's, that's something else that OB can do. I can't give you an instant quote. But I can give you something that's probably plus or minus 5% around where we think the, the rate is actually going to end up in the event that your LOI is accepted. And once we've started that process, it makes it very easy then once that LOI has gone through for us to be able to check that box for you, immediately start working with the lender to make sure it matches those requirements. And then insurance is at least one less thing that you have to worry about as you're going through your inspection process and the closing process. So that that's the big value for us. Um, and you know, we, we, we do this, um, you know, for, for most of the large, uh, most of the large lenders, most of the private money lenders and hard money lenders in the U S um, three of the top five, uh, single family rental lenders in the U S uh, exclusively use OB. And so it's really an opportunity for us to continue to drive that, you know, that, that speed and that transparency into that process. So you can get to the end of your flow, you can get your quote and then really do what we talked about right at the beginning of this call, which was. You know, make sure that you feel like the master of your own destiny. Make sure that you can actually start making those adjustments on that quote, whether it's a higher deductible or lower deductible or more coverage or less. You're going to dynamically see that price change. And then you finally will be able to make that decision about what works best for you and your portfolio. Yeah. It's huge as an investor, not having to wait two, three, four days to get your quote back. And then if you wanted to, I want to add terrorism, I want to subtract this or add this. It's like you said, now you're waiting another day or two days for the agent to go back and get the quote and update it. So I guess on your website, all of this is on the fly. You're doing it in real time and getting an actual quote. Correct. Yeah. I mean, fo- folks can get it directly through the website. Um, they can have their agent reach out to us directly as well. So it's really, uh, you know, it, it's it's really about um, ensuring that that we can serve the broader real estate investor community and, and be as accessible as possible to folks. Is there an advantage for somebody working with an agent if they're going to turn around and work with you, or does it make more sense for them to come straight through? What does that look like? Uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter necessarily to us. Um, you know, there, it, people can certainly go to the website and get a quote, right? We, we certainly welcome that. But if there's a trusted agent that you have, we might not work with them yet, but, you know, we, we've got thousands of agents around the country that have access to the program. 
So it, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's really up to the consumer what they want to do. Yeah. I got you. But at the end of the day, again, just having the freedom and the flexibility to get your quote immediately. And, and then, I mean, is it immediately underwritten too? I mean, is it like, yes, I want to, you hit a button say, I want this policy. And then bam, a day later, you've got the policy. I mean, how quick does it? Oh, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it truly is instant. So you can, we had somebody with a, with a brand new 2023 build duplex in, in Michigan, you know, very, very vanilla, very straight of the road. And, uh, you know, they, they went through our flow and bound the policy in like a minute and 37 seconds. I think that's the current OB record. Wow. <laughs> so you, you can go through, we, you know, we, we pull a lot of public and privately available data sources. We're not asking for a lot of pieces of information. Yep. So just trying to make that process as easy as possible. You know, all, all these carriers are really doing when you're submitting this information to them is they've got somebody behind the, you know, behind the screen inside of an Excel spreadsheet running this model, right? And then coming up with that price. Yeah. Same thing. You can just, you know, you, you train a computer to be able to do the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So uh, somebody is interested in maybe pricing, pricing out, you know, some insurance right now on an investment property. What's the, what is the website that we would send them to? Yeah. The website is obinsurance.com. So ob O-B-I-E, insurance.com. They can always email me directly. It's Aaron at obinsurance.com. Uh, but the website always works too. They throw in an address there. Uh, that'll kick off that process for them pretty easily. Love it, Aaron. Man, I know this is not it's not the sexiest topic of conversation, but it is so relevant and pertinent if you're a real estate investor. it's I mean, it can make or break a pro forma. It can make or break you financially if you don't have the right coverage in place. I mean, it's just one of those necessary evils. You got to deal with it. And you might as well make it um, as efficient as possible. So obinsurance.com, folks, check it out. Aaron, thanks so much for coming on today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, thanks. take care. Kevin? That was really that was really interesting. Right? It was pretty interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. We're down into the weeds. I mean, I'm not an insurance guy. You got a background in risk management. But that was really interesting. I learned a it, lot. It's very interesting. I don't, I don't think I realized to what extent it – it's been so challenging as of late. I mean, obviously I've seen prices go up, you know, for mm -hmm. insurance. I've seen premiums go up. I don't think I realized to what extent all these factors kind of behind the scenes were driving that. That's really interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, to find out that carriers are, you know, people are pulling out of different markets. It's making things more expensive. And even just, I don't think I realized how difficult it can be shopping insurance just, you know, to get different quotes because there are people are trying to pull so many different data points to get uh, different price points. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I mean, I've, you know, I knew reinsurance existed. I don't think I realized to what extent, like the move in currency valuations affects insurance because yeah. of these reinsurers being located in Europe. I had no idea. That's so interesting. How crazy. Yeah. yeah we were kind of down in the weeds, but you know, for the average investor, it's like, Hey, this impacts what you're paying on a month to month basis for your rentals. Yep. Totally. Well, and I, and it's, it's funny. I wasn't really familiar with Obi before this call. Um, but how how cool to be able to go online and like within a minute and a half bind coverage for a for a property i mean there were so yeah, many times where we've closed on houses and we're scrambling like we're closing tomorrow we need insurance somebody quickly get on the phone find an insurance and we're scrambling but to be able to just go online and boop 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 hit a, a couple buttons and bam you got it that's fantastic yeah well this is you know and you even refer we, we've got we've got to track this down for the franchise for our for our members i mean we've got a growing membership base. this is something yeah. that I, I think will benefit them enormously to yeah. have that option and all our borrowers with red capital we got a lot of borrowers same they run into the same problem same where do i get insurance yeah. i'm scrambling around i gotta find an agent and to be able to just point him to one place to get it that's fantastic that's huge yeah
Yeah, great, great resource. Really glad and very timely for us for ha- yep. to have him on today. Yep. Unfortunately, um, he was not wearing flannel. I'm sorry, Kevin. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. You're, you're on your own uh, today in the flannel world. I'm good. I'll carry the flannel flag all day long, at least all season. <laughs> I think I'm gonna wait till December to wear the flannel flag. Did yeah. I say that right? I don't think I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna wear the flag? What's that? <laughs> what? Oh, on that note. No, I guarantee you next week I'm going to be wearing flannel. I, I'm I'm in the zone. Well, next week in. it's November, right? We're into it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. It once it's, I, I feel like it's not even necessarily a time thing. It's more of a temperature thing. Yeah, I feel we like had our first be... frost. We had our first frost. Man, I okay. had a frost. It's like pulling out the flannel. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's frost on the ground in the morning. You, I approve flannel at that point. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think we're getting up into the 70s today. It's not a flannel day here in Georgia. I can't. No, the truth is it's in the 70s too. But this morning it was cold. It was nice and cold this morning. So I'm going to go You're upstairs and probably rip this off and get my red barn shirt on. It's a morning of flannel, not an afternoon. It's just a flannel morning. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Um, You know what? I'm gone next week, Kevin. So I'm not sure what you want to do. I'm you excited wanna... for you. It's a big birthday trip. You're going to go to warmer climbs. You're going to go to warmer climate. Hopefully not get kidnapped. We're going to try to stay alive and enjoy some jungle stay and healthy. some water and all that fun stuff yeah stay healthy drink good water bottled water only bottled water do you know that almost every time i've been to mexico anytime i've been to mexico like where i stayed in mexico for more than uh a few days i get montezuma's every dang time there is something in that water that is not friendly to americans no. it's it's so the, the key is only bottled water and look yeah. at the bottled water make sure there's not like flex flying around in it or something alcohol because or, you know that's mix killing. maybe you just need it i wonder what like percentage of alcohol, alcohol you need. in it yeah could just you just disinfect put, like, whatever you're drinking right like how much like what's the i need to look this up before i go what percentage of alcohol do i need to make sure that it's it's been sterilized yeah you don't need like a full shot or anything no like no no oh and no ice the ice is what'll get you yeah, if yeah, you get yeah, a sprite yeah. or a coke do not get ice well, showering and brushing your teeth, you just got to keep your mouth closed, man, or, or use bottled water even to brush. Use bottled water to brush your teeth. Yeah, I've traveled a lot internationally, and yeah, bottled yeah. water, man. Bottled okay. water. Bottled All right. Water. It's good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, hopefully, I when I come back, I'll have a good report on that front for you. because I'm just A good report and a nice tan. I'm looking for a nice tan. With yeah, you, yeah, right? for sure. We'll work on the tan. Yeah, luckily, I, what's too bad isn't in the winter when like you're just really, really pasty white. You know, I'm still yeah. coming off the summer. Where I got a little residual tan going. Got a little glow. Well, you're just see at the beach not too long ago, so you yeah. still got a lot of that beach glow going. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if we can just maybe we can keep keep that going through Christmas. We'll see. Let's plan on that. Um. So I was gonna say let's do this next week. Let's do this in two weeks. Two weeks. Two All weeks. Right, I'll man. carry the I'll carry the flannel flag the week you're gone, and uh, when you come back, it'll be nice and chilly. All right. That sounds like a plan. See, you, man. All right, go dogs. Go dogs. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page. Or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. Hey friends, just a final thought before you check out. You know, so many of us are going 100 miles an hour through life. 
We're weighed down by stress or worry or even that haunting feeling of emptiness. But it doesn't have to be that way. I've actually put together a quick resource at faithcrossroad.com where I share just a little bit about the faith that gives me hope and purpose and identity, and I'd love to share it with you. Again, faithcrossroad.com.